that moment is a huge defining moment mm -hmm. between kids and parents where it's like, and I'm not saying you can never do that, but if the child is acting out, you have to make a very, very deliberate choice to show them that's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And you have to, and I love what you do where it's like the brownie bites that he was going to get were probably going to taste like shit anyway. Whereas <laughs> going to get a real brownie or like a real ice cream cone together, making an experience, that's awesome. It's like, these don't even taste good. You're not even going to be happy that you had this. But when we go out together, we can go get an ice cream cone. We can go, I don't know, to a diner and get real pancakes, whatever it is like that's an enjoyable an enjoyable time it's a great memory and the food is really good hey there welcome to tater talks two bitches talk fitness i'm brooke and hello i'm iris on this show we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy we explore all things fitness nutrition mindset and mental health without the fluff and bs so grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. A man who needs absolutely no introduction from us. There he is. Jordan. What's up? Jordan. What's How's it going? going? On? You're looking lean, my friend. Yeah. All that sugar. All that sugar just lean me right out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are going wild over that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it was nuts during that month. It was absolutely wild. People were freaking out. I think even even more than the Big Mac one. But hopefully, ho hopefully the YouTube video will do well. So I think people are going to lose their shit. I'm I think excited it for it. I was actually <laughs> wondering what was the ratio of people like upset at you and people grateful for you showing this. You know, it's funny. So both with the Big Mac and with this one it always starts off with a significant percentage of people, probably like 20 to 30% really upset. Mm. Um, mm. Just because they, even though I go out of my way to say, I'm not telling you to do this, I'm not saying this is smart. They still in their world perceive it as a promotion of it. And so early on, there is a, a significant percentage, 20 to 30% of anger. And then by about halfway through, it's probably closer to like five to seven percent anger, maybe even less. With this one, it was really interesting. With the Big Mac, there were a lot of health professionals who were outright saying this is wrong, this is bad. Like there's a lot of it. With this one, none of them came after me at all. And wow. I don't know if it's partly because they saw how like I was able to handle it from the Big Mac or because they know that what they're saying is wrong. Like uh, that glucose goddess woman, like <sighs> I was expecting her to make posts about it, but oh, yeah. nothing. And I think it's because she knows that she's wrong. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why else. Cause she wouldn't want to bring attention to it. That's for sure. And it's just mm -hmm. outright proving everything she says wrong. So hmm. yeah. Well, we'll, well see. I'm How are so you two excited. Doing? That's exciting. How's everything with you two? Everything good? It's been a wild fucking year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a wild fucking year. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Well, in the beginning of the year, I was engaged. And now, like, I'm full-time single mom working for Beth, like, just doing my thing. Micah, my son, he's doing better. You know, it's... good. Micah is severely impacted by autism and a severe developmental delay. So he's nonverbal. 
I had to take him to multiple specialists and all that. And he had to try different medications. And now he's finally like on a medication that works for him. He's just his normal, happy self all over again. Good. Which has been so nice. But yeah, it's been it's been quite the year for me, but I'm in a good spot now. So overall, like net positive looking back. Most definitely like big life changes that needed to happen when they did. So it's, it's really good. My little guy, he's gosh, like four foot two already. And I'm like, Oh, you, I'm the shortest one in my family at five foot eight. I'm like, you're going to be tall. (laughs) (laughs) He's like my height. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you, Iris? Everything good with you? Oh, things are great. Uh, Last time we really had a conversation, we were just moving into our house. So we are fully settled there. Team BFF now. Yeah, Beth swooped me up. Oh, let's go. You're all with Beth. That's amazing. Yep. Just killing it. I had been programming and coaching some people locally and a few people online. And I actually didn't have the biggest of intentions to go full time into the coaching aspect. But (laughs) A bunch of shit went down with my big girl job. Okay. There was an ex-employee who, as soon as he was removed, uh, started causing a whole host of (laughs) drama. So it's been almost two years of nonsense from this person. And it's it's been exhausting. And so it was just thing after thing happening and Beth reaching out to me because we've been friends for a while, but she reached out to me about coaching and it was just sign after sign to take the leap and and really go full bore into coaching, which so far I am loving it because I've been doing it on the side for a bit now, but not not with such a badass team and not (laughs) as a full time gig. So loving it. All good things. (laughs) I mean, you have so much knowledge and you post about it so articulately as is. I mean, it's. I couldn't (laughs) imagine that it it wouldn't be an amazing fit for you and for all of your clients. Like that's that's what a great addition to Team BFF. Thank you. I appreciate that. Beth told me I'd be an idiot if I didn't coach in some capacity. So I was like, all right, that's (laughs) That's, fair. I mean, I have to agree. No offense. (laughs) First major career change in almost a decade. So that's been quite the experience. And from a career, I might add that I I did love (laughs) very much. I worked in a very small podcast production company, as you know, but listeners may not because we're just rolling with this. (laughs) But I mean, huge shout out. And lots and lots and lots of love to Kate and Dawn, my two my two friends and colleagues that I've been with for a long time. Kate and I basically brought this thing up together, and Dawn came on very shortly thereafter. Um, so I really loved that job. <laughs> I really, I still do, and I still do it, just on a very smaller scale. We're lucky to have you, Iris. Well, good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all good stuff, all in all. Beth's so. team is just fucking killing it. Like, she's just, oh, yeah. she's absolutely crushing it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. <gasps> well, and then happy birthday to your little one. Belated oh, birthday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Being a parent's the fucking best. It's unbelievable. It's it's really crazy. It's like before I was a parent, everyone, I would hear parents say it and I'd just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's actually, it's wild. It's like uh, experiencing emotions that you've never experienced before. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's very crazy. It's, it's really a whirlwind in the most insane way, but incredible. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's so incredible. And I like it's I like was thinking about it the other day. I was watching your stories and I was like watching her giggle. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember when Micah was that small. He'll be 11 in March. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, he'll be in middle school next year. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, where has the time gone? It ha- like the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah, yeah. That's what everyone everyone said that. And it's the fact she's already won is crazy. It just seems like yes. she was born like two and a half weeks ago. It's 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 nuts. <laughs> uh, no, what do you think of a topic, Iris? I love Brooke's idea of talking about how parenthood impacts fitness because it certainly does. Yes, yeah, no, it does for sure. I mean, there are, there are many different aspects of it. In ter- I think the the place where most heads go is all right well how have my goals changed or how have like my how has my actual workouts changed which we can definitely get into because it's significant but the biggest thing is anytime i'm not with my daughter i just want to be with my daughter so which has completely changed everything from i don't want to go to a gym because that's more time away from my daughter if i could just work out at home then number one, like I'm in the garage and I'm like just here. And number two is she sees me working out now, which I think is so important. And just having her there, even though she just turned one, like she she can't talk yet. She can say like mom and dad and and that stuff, but like and duck. She lo- she loves ducks. She's gonna be a duck for Halloween. <laughs> but uh Aww. I want her to see that too. And so um so much of, of my fitness has changed and like, all right, I'm just, I need to do whatever I can do at home, which has changed in terms of my workouts by inherently will have to change. Cause I don't have all of the equipment that I would have at a gym, but that sacrifice is immediately worth it because I just get to be with her more. So that's number one. And then in terms of my actual goals, I think I've been on for several years, probably since 2019 much more focused on health than anything else ever since i really got into understanding blood pressure cardiovascular health and all of that that's when i like i remember when i first took my blood pressure and i started realizing it was consistently high that was the first time i was like oh shit like this is this is a real problem and i saw two stories of relatively young men dying who were also like they were traditionally fit and healthy men. They worked out, they were, they looked lean and healthy. They ate well, but they both had heart attacks and died in like their thirties and forties because they had high blood pressure and they didn't, they didn't know it and they didn't do anything about it. And that was like, Oh, this, that's my wake up call. So my focus has been on health for the last like four years or so, but now it's just even, it's even more like pronounced. It's just coming from the powerlifting background, the wrestling background. I st- I love I love jujitsu, but when I do jujitsu, it's far less about fighting as hard as I can. And it's more, it's more about like I go and it's, we really only train super hard for like 10 to 15 minutes. The rest of the session is just technique. And just, I- I'm so interested in almost like the, the chess moves around it, like the the mind games you can play, the baiting people into doing certain things. Like I'll position myself this way. So you think I'm going to do this, but I'm actually going to do this. And then the technique, if I put my foot here instead of here, I can break your paw. It's I'm just so much of it is just, just the mindset of it, almost like physical Sudoku type thing. It's I, I really like that side 
So from a, an actual working out perspective, it's it's just health. Right before this, I did 30 minutes of of various types of stretching, loaded stretch. I've been doing a lot of loaded stretching lately, which has just felt amazing because then I can go and I can hold my daughter for longer without being like, oh, my back hurts or something like that. So from the powerlifting background of trying to deadlift as much as I could to now it's like just going to stretch for 30 minutes and do a little bit of, of, of light cardio. It's, it's far more about health and being close to family. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And I think it's important, you know, like you said, to have your kids watch you set an example of yeah. what that looks like. Cause I, I know like before I had my son, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you want to be a good example, but you don't realize like that means you have to be a good example in all aspects of life. Like mm-hmm. that's something that really changed for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. That's what we hear from a lot of prospective clients too, right, Brooke? It's some of it is about the look, but a lot of it is actually more about like, I want to be capable. I want to be around for my kids and grandkids. It's so easy to lose sight of that because we put so much pressure on ourselves to look a certain way. But what's the point of looking a certain way if you're not capable and around for your kids? Yeah. I think it's one of the best things that's happened to the fitness industry in the last 10 years. And I know like so much of what we talk about is how like the negatives of the industry, but even like my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, none of them are around, but my wife's grandparents are around. And and I see even people in that generation, they were, they've just been so focused on, on how they look. Even 80 and 90 year old women are like still trying to lose those last five to 10 pounds. And it's, it's now so much of it is just can I lift weights? Can Am I capable? Am I going to be strong? Am I going to be a good example? Which I, I very much believe is a relatively new aspect of the fitness industry that we're seeing people more focused on what, what their body can do rather than how it looks. And even now it's crazy. I remember when I was a college kid or high school kid, or even just out of college, if I went into a public gym, I very rarely saw people squatting, deadlifting, farmer's walks, doing good push-ups, doing good goblet squats. I very rarely saw it. I could count. If I saw one person in the gym doing it, it was like, oh, that's great. Now I go to the gym, a public gym occasionally, or if I'm traveling, I want to go to a public gym and I'll just see everyone of all ages from high school, college kids, all the way up to like 60, 70, 80, just crushing high quality squats, high quality hip hinges, high quality push-ups. It's crazy to see how much different for the better the fitness industry is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love to see that. My gym has a lot of older people at the time that I go Mm. and they are just killing it. And it's really cool to see. And yeah, yeah, they're not the most, you know, lean, not the most muscular, but they are strong people and Mm -hmm. it's exciting. And they move well, Mm -hmm. which is like, if we're really talking about longevity and and people like activities of daily living, things people can do and they're older, like movement is just mm-hmm. if they're strong enough to hold themselves and move properly and pick things up and put them down without hurting themselves, that's like 94% of the battle. Yeah. And they carry themselves oh, yeah. with confidence too. Yeah. They stand tall and they they move well, like you said, and they're not like timid about walking or, you know, grabbing their bag off the floor, et cetera. I love that. Yeah. So Jay, how has having a kid really impact, like when you're doing things in the gym and, you know, she's watching, 
What are some things that you hope that she picks up along the way? Like as she gets older, as she grows up, what are some things that you're hoping that she does along the way? Like are are there certain sports like gymnastics or something like that that you're hoping that she's into? Yeah. So the number one thing is I just, I want her to have fun with it. Right. So, so much of my, the way that my brain works and what I really focus on is behavior. And I think so much of behavior comes from what you see. And so, for example, a lot of what I saw growing up was very rigid behaviors. And that's like what I was taught. And I don't think that was good for me. And I'm really lucky. I had some really amazing mentors later on who sort of helped push me out of that. But for example, I'll give you a behavior that I think is really important for me to instill within her and God willing future kids is let's say someone come, my, my wife comes in during the workout, 20 minutes into the workout. And she's like, Hey, I need your help with something. I'm not going to say, this is my time. I can't help. I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. And if that's the end of the workout for that day, cool. That's the end of the I workout. Love that. mm-hmm. It's not end all be all. It's not like, this is so rigid that it needs to be finished exactly as it was written. Or if I don't get it, I'm going to be pissed. I want her to see that if something interrupts what the plan was, then we roll with the punches. Not only that, but she'll see hopefully how a wife should be treated by her husband, like as a major communication part of it as well. So, so much of the behavior around it. The other thing is I want, I want her to have fun with it. I want her to see me laughing and enjoying it and and not taking it so seriously. As she gets older, if she gets my mindset, then she'll end up being very competitive, in which case then we can take it more seriously. But from a young age, I don't want to try and force her into a competition or make working out a punishment. It's this is, we do this because it makes us feel good. We don't do this because we need to punish ourselves for what we ate, or we need to punish ourselves for this inherent guilt or shame that we have. So, so much of it, I just want it to be fun, which I think necessitates a little bit of, of a lack of structure. If it's too structured, I don't think it can be very, very fun. I think a a lack of structure is playing right like right now in the garage i have these like a uh, blue gymnastic mats so just like rolling around like in between sets was like pick her up rolling around on the mats and just moving but it's just like gymnastics wrestling jujitsu whatever I'll, I'll like do the airplane i'll pick her up with my feet in the, and put her on her stomach and her feet are in the air and <laughs> she loses it laughing with that so like that's it's just unstructured movement and fun while still being productive that is something that you can do at any age Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really important, like that enjoyment, like it's something that you can do at any age. And, you know, I love that you bring up like the behaviors, because if she sees you enjoying exercise, like that she's bound to grow up to enjoy it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think if you if you model exercise as a punishment, then it's going to be very difficult for that child to actually ever enjoy exercise, because unless they have some amazing role models and they do their own inner work then it's it's just going to be much more difficult than if from the very beginning they see it as something they enjoy. And I, I see this with, I think the prime examples of this are parents who hike and or rock climb because I always see their kids getting so into it and loving it. And those kids, as they get older, are some of the healthiest people ever. And they move and they love getting out in nature and it's it's just fun. And it was always a fun family activity. There are so many things in life when the parents take it too seriously, the kids go the other way. And then we can see this in everything. 
Whereas I've never met any, any person who's a big hiker or rock climber or whatever, surfer, whatever it is, who is like, oh, my parents just took hiking way too seriously. And then, so I just never hiked again. I've never met that person. I've always met my parents were campers. My parents were hikers. My parents were rock climbers. And I love it. And it was always really fun, which like it just goes to show with the more we, fun we can make it, the better of a, of a mindset they can have around it. Mm-hmm. In terms of things I'll get her involved in, gymnastics will be the first actual sport for sure. That was actually the first sport that my mom put me in, which was a huge blessing because my my whole family was not and is not athletic. They don't have knowledge around nutrition, movement at all. It was one of the other kids in my preschool I was two years old and she put me into it. Another kid in my preschool was going there and she was like, okay, I'll put Jordan into it. And there's actually a fair amount of research showing that if you can get your child to develop certain athletic qualities at a very young age, then they will have it for their whole life. Whereas if you start trying to build it later on, it gets more and more difficult, which I think we all intuitively know. But even if if you learn it as a young kid and then you take off for 10, 15, 20 years, you can get it back so much more easily than if you had just never done it before, which I, and you can see this with languages as well. You, you learn a language when you're a little kid, maybe you, you're not good with the practice of speaking it, but you just intuitively understand it. And then you start again, all of a sudden it comes back. Gymnastics is the one and only sport that I know of that encompasses literally everything in, in terms of balance, coordination, multi-directional movement patterns, outrageous levels of strength. You have a team dynamic, but you also have an individual dynamic. I think gymnastics for both boys and girls is the best place to start because it creates the most well-rounded flexibility, mobility, stability, movement, explosiveness, control, everything into one. So that's what she'll start with for sure. She never has to compete if she doesn't want to. And there's a lot of issues with, I've worked with a lot of it, especially female gymnasts who starting in like the middle school, high school level can, there can be a lot of issues, weight related, lower back issues, knee issues. So she never has to compete if she doesn't want to, but just getting that movement foundation. Then from there, we'll go into jujitsu and she can start at like three years old with that. Like just, just, it's fun. That's Teaching be the cutest to thing in the world. The, oh my God. <laughs> they put their little gi on, little uniform <laughs> and like get a little, like a pink little gi. And like the, the academy that I go to, all these young kids, three, four, five years old, they go out and they're just like, it's so cute. And you teach them so much. But the first thing you teach is like, and I think this is one of the most overlooked things in, in life is teaching people how to fall because mm-hmm. people don't know how to fall. And I'll never, it was so funny. My wife and I, when we went on our honeymoon to Greece, I was doing stupid stuff, climbing on rocks and, and all this. And I fell backwards at one point. And I just naturally, I just fell, got back up. And it was a really rocky terrain. And my wife was like, what the hell was that? And like, <laughs> what do you mean? She was like, you fell really hard backwards, but the way that you fell, you didn't hit your head. You stood right back up. There were no issues. And I took it for completely for granted just because I've learned how to fall through years of wrestling, jujitsu, all that stuff. And that's where we see major, major injuries with both young and old people falling, hitting their head, breaking their hip, breaking their arm. There's so many issues. So the first thing that you teach a little kid is just how to fall. 
and, and you make it fun and it's enjoyable, but it's not, it's not fighting. And it's not like you don't have a little kid fight. You teach them respect and discipline and movement and fun. That's really what it is, especially at that young age. But th- those will be the first two things she starts with. Yeah. That just brought up deep memories when you were talking about learning how to fall, because I grew up working with and riding and training horses. And mm. that is one of the first things you learn too, is how to bail in case of an emergency and how to fall, how to land so you don't hit your mm. head, so you don't get trampled. That'll come back to me in a moment of instability too. Just like, oh yeah, yeah tuck and roll, push away. That's how you do it. Yes. That's so cool. And I, I love leading by example is really where it's at. Like we get mm-hmm. the questions of how do I get my kids to do this? How do I get my kids to do that? It's lead by example. You be the thing that you want them to be. And if you're the main provider of the house, you provide them with what you can in that regard, whether it's the the nutrient dense foods and the vegetables and whatever, and you do it with them. Yeah, that's exactly right. If If, if you're not eating fruits and vegetables regularly, you can't be mad that your kid isn't eating fruit and vegetables regularly. <laughs> I, I got a message from a, a woman probably in the last one to two months. And she was saying, how do I get my kid to, to eat more fruits and vegetables and stop eating so many of these like junk food snacks? And we were having a conversation and I asked her like, what does she get at the grocery store? And she said, well, she goes, she does two different grocery runs, one for her and one for her kid. And I was like, well, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> I, was like, I was like bless her heart because i'm not doing that shit <laughs> absolutely not and it's it's actually one of those things where i think there's a lot of research around happiness and all that and and how much money is required for actual happiness and and, and health and all of that and after a certain point it actually can be a hindrance and i know in my house money was always an issue and my mom like she would make one dinner and she wasn't making multiple meals. It was like, this is what's for dinner. And if you don't like it, then when you're hungry enough, you'll eat it. And that was it. Like there was, no, I'm not going to get separate meals for you and for you and for you. Like this is one meal. And I had this conversation with this woman where I was like, she's like, for this, for my kid, I'm getting, you know, the junk food snacks because that's the only thing that he'll eat. I was like, what's the only thing he'll eat? Because you keep getting it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. if you only get one haul of groceries, eventually he's going to eat whatever you've got. And so if you're doing a specific haul just for him with the Doritos and the whatever else you get, the Pop-Tarts, the Twinkies, the Ho-Hos, whatever it is, it's not like you can't ever have them. But if that's all he's eating and you're deliberately restocking that over and over and over again, it's your responsibility as the parent to say, no, we're not going to restock this in the quantities that we've been having it. We're not going to constantly have an overflowing amount of these available. This is going to be what we're going to have readily available. And you can have as much fruit, as much vegetables, as much protein, as much of this as you want. No limit. Go for it. But there's a limit to this. And once you've eaten it, well, that's it for that week, that month, whatever your timeline is. But it's if you're if you're not modeling it, but you're also making it unbelievably easy for them to just go the other direction. I think one thing my mom would always say is that kids need structure. I think it's true. I think everyone needs structure. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, oh, yeah. adults need it. We all. That's why you hire a coach because you want structure. You want accountability. If you just have all of that stuff freely available all the time, of course they're gonna eat it. 
Like that's like it's like as a 14 year old kid going, all right, I could either have like the Doritos or an apple. Like there's zero reason why I would ever go for the apple in that situation. (laughs) As a 30 year old lady, there's zero reason I would go for Yeah. For me, it depends on the apple. (laughs) I mean, if we're if we're talking honey crisp, I'll eat those all day, but those are so good. Any, anything other than that? Nope. I'm taking the Doritos. <laughs> cool Ranch specifically. <laughs> oh man. Cool Ranch. That's a very underrated option. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I get things all the time. Like, you know, when I'm posting like meals and things like that, I would get people who ask me like, how do you get your son to eat vegetables? Mm. And I'm like, did you see my plate? Did you look at the entire Instagram story? Because we're eating the same thing. Like I've conditioned him from the time he was, you know, very, very young, two, three years old, that this is how we eat. This is what we're going to eat. And now he prefers vegetables. I mean, my mom, she took him over the weekend and she's like, yeah, I was just blown away because he asked for salad. Like he wanted salad and we were having pizza. And she's like, I just... I was blown away because you kids, when we were younger, like you would go for the pizza. And I'm like, well, your environment impacts your decisions. And I think that that is so underrated that a lot of people don't understand. Like as a coach, I get a lot of, you know, a lot of women who, you know, well, my husband, he eats totally different. And so that's why I fell off track. I fell (laughs) off the wagon. And it's because a lot of the times our environment impacts our decision-making. So when you instill that, making more nutritious decisions as a child, you're bound to grow into that as an adult as well. Yeah, completely agree. And I think it's just a product of the environment I grew up in, but I've never understood making different meals for different members of the family, unless like modifying it because someone has an allergy or because there's an actual intolerance or there's a medical need for it. But assuming everyone's on the same page, it's the same fucking meal for everybody in the family. And it's all throughout my career and my my life, people have always been like, oh, well, wait until this happens and then it's going to change. Wait until this happens and then it's going to change. There's always been that, always with anything, whether it was powerlifting or whether it was starting a business or whether it was getting in a relationship or having a child. And people say that to me now with like, what people said before I had my daughter was, well, you're, you're going to get out of shape. You're not going to be able to just because like things change. Like you'll see, you'll see, wait until you have a kid. You're not gonna be able to work out. And then, of course, like I was up at doing my workouts when I needed to do them. Like the only time I had available, which was like 10 or 11 at night, sometimes like still getting it in and they were, and then they shut up and then, then I will wait until you have two kids. And now the, the wait until is the vegetable conversation. Wait until, wait until, wait until it's like, I'll do what my mom did. I'll do exactly what you do, Brooke, which is like, I'm going to eat the same meals and I cannot wait to show them my daughter eating vegetables because like, that's what she's been around. That's her environment. It's what she's been exposed to. And then again, they're going to shut up and then they're going to find something else. We'll wait until this, wait until that. It's like, it's not outrageously hard to understand psychology that the environment that you're brought up in, and then also the options that you have, it's like what you have available, that's what you're going to eat. And if you make more options, then they'll choose something else, but there's no other option. You either eat it or you don't. And after a while, you're going to choose, you're going to eat it. Yeah. You're going to get hungry. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to get exactly hungry. Right. <laughs> you know, when I get those questions or those, you know, well, I can't, my, my kid would never, I get that all the time. My kid would never. And it's like, your kid does what you allow. Yes. And I, and I feel like 
people forget that one trait about being a kid is you have to learn to press boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was an incident with Micah gosh, I want to say last week we were at Costco and he wanted brownie bites. And I said, oh, hell no, those are not going in our house because I know I would eat way too many of them. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, buddy, we don't need those. Like, let's pick out a, a healthier snack. And of course he goes over and he's getting like the different flavored Greek yogurts and he's choosing things and with no temper tantrum and me letting him know, hey, if you want to have a brownie, we can go and we can go get a brownie from, you know, a bakery. We get, we're going to make those things special. Those are going to be our adventure. I always tell them we're going to go on an adventure. I love that. We'll go on an adventure and we'll get either an ice cream cone or a brownie or whatever he, whatever he wants. And I think a lot of times people worry about their kid throwing a tantrum, mm. you know, so it's a lot easier to get through the store when your kid is not throwing a tantrum than it is when they are. And it just takes that consistent effort and practice, you know, and setting that example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're bringing back so many like deeply buried memories right now <laughs> where like, I remember being in the grocery store and, and getting mad at my, I must've been so young. I can't remember, maybe five, six, seven, you know, th they are so smart at the grocery store because they put all those treats and snacks and candies right at the <laughs> checkout. <laughs> which is just a recipe for a fucking disaster. And I vividly remember, I don't know what it was I wanted, but I got upset because I said I wanted it. And my mom was like, no. And I got upset and sh she just left everything, grabbed me by the arm and went home. And it was like, that was it. She was like, if you think that's how you're going to act in public, Good fucking luck, which made it way more inconvenient for her. She had to go back. She had to go like, she's like, leave the cart here. She told the person I'm going to come back, but she dropped, it was like a 15 minute drive, drove me home. I came back and like, she was livid. Never did that again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like never spoke to her like that in public ever again. And it's like, it's when people like my kid would never, it's like, well, if, if you, uh, if you discipline your kid like that, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but after that, pff, there's no way I would ever do that. It's, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy how parenting styles also have changed so much from yeah. when we were children too. Mm -hmm. I was at the grocery store one day and I'm, and it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, no, that would never fly with me. But like, there was a kid throwing a temper tantrum over not getting some type of candy or, and I overheard the mom walking and she's like, they shouldn't put shit at fucking eye level. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's so true though. Like, if you think about it, like it's by all design, of like, yeah. yeah, it's it's totally there for a reason. Like you're, you're putting the fucking raisin bran on the top shelf and you're putting the captain crunch, like right where kids yeah. can see it. That was done intentionally. <laughs> Everything. It, it's a science. I remember studying this in university. The The way that grocery stores are set up, it's a science to how it's set up. Why do they put milk in the back left corner or the back corner? Because you have to go through everything in order to get to it. And that's the one that everyone gets. Everyone goes and gets milk. And why do they like, oh, they're always like changing the places in the aisles. Like every, every so often they'll change the positions of certain foods because they want you to have to go look all the way around again. You don't want you, they don't want you to get used to going to your same places. It's the entire design of the grocery store in any store is 100. It's scientific. It is based in research. It's out. It's outrageous. And it, the eye level stuff for the kids at checkout increases sales astronomically. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, sure. Just take it, whatever.
the entire thing is nuts. Oh, yeah. You get the mom that's just fed up, wants to get out of there. And it's like, yeah. you know what? Just throw it on the conveyor belt. Who gives a shit at that point? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think that moment is a huge defining moment mm-hmm. between kids and parents where it's like, I'm not saying you can never do that, but if the child is acting out, you have to make a very, very deliberate choice to show them that's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And you have to, and I love what you do where it's like the brownie bites that he was going to get, were probably going to taste like shit anyway. Whereas going (laughs) to get a real brownie or like a real ice cream cone together, making an experience. That's awesome. It's like, these don't even taste good. You're not even going to be happy that you had this. But when we go out together we can go get an ice cream cone, we can go, I don't know, to a diner and get real pancakes, whatever it is like that's an enjoyable an enjoyable time it's a great memory and the food is really good like yeah. i i love the way that you handled that oh thank you thank you and how much nutrition advice have you gotten being a new parent <laughs> uh you know what i've gotten a lot of unsolicited advice but nutrition is not one of them and i that's think it's just great be- just because people know that like that's generally my wheelhouse so yeah, nutrition has not been one. The one thing is I, I'm not the biggest, I haven't fallen for the organic nonsense. I did when I was younger, I did fall for that. And then in university, I remember I remember sitting in food science class and like the, the teacher, she was such a wonderful professor. I wish I could remember her name, but she started talking about, she brought up all the studies around organic and, and I got super defensive. I was like, no, this isn't right. But she broke down how organic works, what it means, what the different types of organic means, and like what organic farms actually do versus conventional farms. And I was, and we actually went to visit them and and walk around, and like it was it was such an amazing experience. And I was like, oh my god, like this shit's all fucking marketing. Like this is wild. Like this is all marketing. The biggest, the the only aspect of nutrition uh, kickback I've gotten is when I say organic is not better than conventional. It's not bad, but it's not better or safer. I've gotten a lot of people saying, guarantee you only feed your child organic, which is not true. Feed her conventional all the time. She had conventional blackberries yesterday. That's the one where they bet you only feed her organic. No, that's not true at all. Like it's feed her conventional all the time. So yeah, that's the only little bit of kickback I've gotten. Oh, that's good. It's good that you haven't gotten more because Man, I deal with that with clients sometimes and their kids. And well, my friend sent me this study and I'm like, your friend doesn't even know how to fucking read a study. Correct. <laughs> or it's not even, a, it's probably just an a article online. It's not a real study. I highly- A blog post. Yeah, I, exactly. That was like the funniest thing was I had someone trying to tell me because my son is autistic that he needs to be on a gluten-free and casein-free diet. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, my son goes through phases of food. He went on a goldfish cracker phase. I love that. Same. You are not about to fucking tell me that I'm going to take away the one food that he's eating. Yeah. Because of some study that was done by, I think it was like some chiropractor. (laughs) Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just no, no evidence to back it up. Nothing. I'm like, there's absolutely no way. Like I'm going to take away the one food that he will eat that he's not picky about, Yeah, you know, as a two-year-old that he'll actually eat. So it's interesting because so much of being a parent requires that unsolicited advice. Even if you're like, Hey, you know what? I don't want your advice. It's like, well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
I got a fair amount about we we had her. She's grown out of it now, but like that jumper, the jumper that like you put her in. I know a lot of parents have various feelings on those because I got a lot of kickback every time I showed her in the jumper. People being like, "That's terrible! It's terrible for it's." It's like it, people were saying, "Like she's not going to be able to crawl. She's not going to be able to do this." It's like, and then she was crawling. It's like, geez, for fuck's sake! I got a lot of, of kickback on that stuff. What else? I mean, there's always unsolicited advice about like how to speak to her, what to do, da da da. da. But yeah, I mean, the fortunately, I think the nutrition one people have laid off, which was good for them. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. We don't want to open that can of worms with Jordan Syatt, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Throughout this conversation, I just keep thinking about kid-friendly XYZ. Mm. People ask for kid-friendly recipes and kid-friendly this mm. and kid-friendly that. And like, yeah, kids are picky, but at the same time, it's just like all food is guilt-free food. Mm-hmm. All food is kid-friendly yep food too that's a tongue twister but like i also grew up in a home where unhelpful language about food aside we ate what was served us when we went grocery shopping it was understood between us two kids that we were picking vegetables and out of all the vegetables look at all these colors we get to choose but we are getting vegetables yeah i mean the the only and i'm i'm learning so much the only thing I, and I know there's a lot of thoughts on this, but like the only ones that I, I wouldn't say are kid friendly are like the ones that are choking hazards. Mm-hmm. Like for, for oh, my, yeah. like that, that's it. As long, like, as long as you can't choke on it, then you're good. Like, so yeah. like, which by the way, I didn't realize popcorn was a big fucking mm-hmm. issue for babies. Mm-hmm. I had oh, no yeah. clue. And my wife lost it when I like had like a kernel of popcorn on the couch. And, and then like I Googled it online and I, oh shit like that's actually really dangerous and then of course there are always p- people who are like i gave all of my infants popcorn and it was totally fine but like there were some really bad horror stories so yeah as long as they can't choke on it then it's kid friendly yeah and i love that you brought up kid friendly foods iris because i think that so many times people try to th- and i'm guilty of this like even to this day where it's like okay well i need to find what my kid's going to eat in a grocery store. Like what are those kid-friendly foods? And I think that people, and you're quite the cook, Iris. You're quite the chef. Oh my God, Iris, your meals look so good. Thanks. (laughs) Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. I actually would like you to adopt me so I can enjoy some of those meals. But (laughs) it's one of those situations where it's like, when it comes to things like kid-friendly foods, like you, you can make really nutritious foods, taste really good or... I know that there are some people that don't agree with this, but you can hide the vegetables in your food. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I had to do with Micah for a really, really long time with things like chili. Oh, I threw call, like rice cauliflower in there. I threw zucchini. I threw so much shit in there and it's his favorite thing. And I'm like, yeah, and it's loaded with vegetables <laughs> and he had no idea. So that's something that I've gotten kicked back from is, you know, you're lying to your kid. I'm like, my kid's eating vegetables like chill out relax (laughs) well and conversely too adults can eat dino nuggets and enjoy them yes and you can eat the (laughs) dino nuggets with some fruit and vegetables as well you can make it fit it doesn't have to be either or like every once in a while yeah we'll get the question of you know well my kid will only eat this or i have Mm -hmm. to eat the same thing Mm -hmm. as my kid i got that recently because their kid will throw a tantrum if they're not eating the same thing it's like well First of all, boundaries are a conversation that has to come up there, I think. But 
you both can enjoy the tater tots and dino nuggets and throw some fruit yeah. on there too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that intense. I just never understood that. I don't understand how you can't set some of those boundaries with your kids. And I know I'm being a little more quiet this episode because I don't have kids yet. Hopefully one day in the future. By the way, I'm also getting some of those comments. We'll just wait until blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Which it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. The things that some people think it's okay to say to other human beings. But <laughs> this stuff does come up in coaching. It's the things people have to address and things re people really struggle with. Not to mention like, people who are like, you're lying to your kid. That's just hilarious because any of the people who say that, I would love to watch them for a week and see how many times they lie, not just to their kid, but to people in general. Yeah. It's like all of these people, like the people who I've found who get really mad about people who lie are usually the, the most egregious liars. It's like, they're the worst. They're like the people who get like really upset. Oh, you lied. It's like, have you, have you never told a lie to anybody ever? Yeah. You, like, it's like the people I've always found this. I found this. I realized this when I was like dating many, many years ago, what people would say, the things that like really annoy them are usually the things that they do themselves or like what they were looking for in a potential partner, like the things they would put on their dating profile or whatever, were usually things that they thought of themselves, but were the exact opposite. It was like, they think of themselves as a very loyal person. They think of themselves as a very, very like honest person, but in reality, that's the person they want to be. It's not who they are. And that's like who they, they are looking for. So when people, Oh, you're lying to your child. It's like, really? So when your child asks you about like death, you're just going to tell your child what death is. Or do you like pretend that Santa's real to your child? All like, like you're lying to your child too. I guarantee it in some way, shape or form, not to mention who else in your fucking life are you lying to? So like, get off your high horse. Let's relax a little bit and like understand that there are different parenting styles and that's fine. But to say like, oh, you're lying to your child about the cauliflower rice, like they're eating fucking vegetables. Relax. Yeah. Like it's not like I'm putting anthrax in the chili. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's I think it's very, very interesting because one of my friends at the poll studio when because she was asking, she's like, you know, I, I want to get my kid more active. I really I'm like, put a poll in your living room. I have one, like put a pole in your living room. And as soon as they did, all of a sudden their kids actually playing on the playground, look at what, look what my mom can do. And like, yeah. you know, showing that could go one of two ways though. I will say <laughs> it, could. <laughs> it could go one of two ways, but it's just so interesting. Cause like the new thing that someone asked to like, wow, like you're just so candid with your son. And I'm like, oh, yeah, except when it comes to food that I want to fucking eat that he always tries to take from me. Like he's the, he is in this phase where like if it's on my plate, he just comes over and takes it. And so it now the new lie is like, oh, no, it's spicy. And he goes, <laughs> I go, yeah, it's spicy. And so <laughs> feel free to use that, too, because it is great. Like, I'll be like, no, it's spicy. And I'm like eating a popsicle. No, it's spicy. Sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, it's spicy. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll do the thing where he goes hot. And I'm like, yeah, it's hot. It's it's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal that. That's actually amazing. Absolutely. Iris, you could go ahead and put that in your in your I'm mental putting notes. Putting it in too. my notes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That is another thing too that I see though a lot. Kids taking food off their parents' plate. And mm. the parents acting like they can't do anything about it. Which doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. Yeah. 
I, I'm that parent where I'm like, you have your own plate. Yeah. Eat stay your in own your lane, food. kid. This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay in your lane, kiddo. So much of it, I would imagine, stems from they're being tired. They're tired. Yeah. They're oh, just yeah. like, oh, whatever. But then they complain about it. It's <laughs> like, well, choose. Like, if you're just tired and whatever, it's like, fine. But it's the same thing with health and fitness stuff. People are like, they're tired. They don't want to work out. They don't want to track their calories, whatever it is. But then they complain about not getting results. It's like, well, because you're not fucking doing what you need to do. It's It all comes down to the same thing. You're going to be tired. So either make the decision that's going to make you proud. That's probably going to be a more difficult decision or don't, but don't complain about it because no one wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's so true because I get that a lot with clients where it's just like, well, at the end of the day, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to choose my battles. And it's like, as a parent, you have to choose your battles. That's something that I learned very early on. Because I think, I mean, I had Micah relatively relatively young. I was 21 years old when I had Micah. And it was like, number one, I was a younger mom. So, you know, luckily I did have more energy than someone who's having a kid at my age now. But it's very interesting because you see the different types of judgment as a parent, you know, same with like moms and dads, like, you know, it's different being a mom than it is being a dad. And I think it is really, really crazy how there's just so much judgment wrapped up in parenthood. And it got me thinking about this. I, I know that like Iris, you don't drink, I don't drink. And the one thing that I just started thinking of is like the mommy wine culture. Parents are so exhausted that they feel like they need to make these decisions when it comes to their nutrition, like drinking a little bit too much. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, knuckles deep in a big ass bag of popcorn that they don't need that their kids can't have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, we talk about the compromises that we make all the time in life mm -hmm. for our goals and just for the lifestyle we want to have. It gets more intense when you're a parent for sure but it's not impossible to have some of that balance and some of that structure. Cause like, as you've said, Jordan, as we talk about all the time, like <laughs> the worst kids are the ones without any structure. The worst adults are the ones without any structure. If you have goals or like want some semblance of a balanced lifestyle, you have to have some of that structure. And it's just, you know, playing around and finding out what works for you. Cause like, as you've said, parenting styles are different. Family dynamics are different. Yeah. The, the idea, like, I don't want to have to pick my battles, like, sounds like something a middle schooler would say, mm -hmm. it's like, right? Yeah. It's like, and what would you say if, you're, if your child came home and said, well, I don't want to have to choose? Well, you have to choose. It's like, you have to make a decision. Like, I don't, it's wild to me that an adult would say that and then also in the same breath expect you to take them seriously. It's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's based not in reality. It's, that's living <laughs> yeah. Like all throughout the day, you have to pick your battles. Like that's all day, every day. That's being a human. It's not even just being an adult. It's being a human from a young age. You have to learn which battles you're going to pick and not. And I think when you're younger, you end up picking a lot of battles that you didn't need. And that's what you end up finding it out because something happened. And then you like, you know, it's like you got, you got bit by a snake. And not a reality, but like you got bit by a snake. It's like, all right, I'm not going to step on that rock anymore. I'm not going to pick that battle anymore. And then as you get older, until you reach, see people who are super old, and they just don't give a shit. They're just like, ah, whatever. Fuck it. Like they don't care anymore because they've picked so many battles and they know what's important. They just, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to have my food 
watch TV, hang out with people that matter. And that's it. And I think that's part of life is learning which battles matter, which battles don't. As I, earlier on social media, when I was younger, it's like, I picked a lot of battles. Now I just don't give a shit. It's like, cause it's just not worth it. It's just, if it's going to ruin my day, then why would I pick that battle? It's like, whatever you said it, I don't give a shit. Moving on. This, this conversation got me thinking about a couple of my clients who I love them dearly. They're amazing human beings. And they asked my opinion on this. And I would love to get your, your opinion on this, Jay, or like what you would do in this situation. How do you, like if you're an adult and you're a parent and you're in a calorie deficit, how do you go about the conversation of weighing and measuring your food? Yeah. The way that I, I discuss this is number one, it's Iris, you, you cook, you're an amazing cook and I, your meals look amazing. I would imagine that any, especially if you're baking something, you probably weigh and measure ingredients to know how much you're putting in the food, the recipe to make sure that you're getting the right amount of food based on the right amount of ingredients to make the best food. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with, with weighing and measuring for weight loss or weight gain, or if like whatever it is, if, if someone has an allergy and they're looking at ingredients it's like, you're not like, oh my God, that's disordered. It's like, no, I'm looking to see if the th anything in this is going to give me a negative reaction. It's like, I'm weighing this to make sure I'm putting enough, I'm giving my body enough energy. That's literally what you're doing. I want to make sure I'm giving my body enough, not too much, not too little. That's just like, you're a recipe, right? And, and everything that you feed yourself will lead to a result in your body, whether it's building more muscle, having more energy, feeling better, maybe getting more sleep, whatever it is. It's like, there everything that you put in your body has a reaction. So weighing and measuring is just the same thing as weighing and measuring for a recipe. It's just, and you don't have to say, oh, well, I'm weighing and measuring because mommy hates her body and she doesn't like this like extra skin around her tummy. Like you don't have to say that. You could just be like, oh no, like mommy is like weighing and measuring because I want to make sure that I'm eating the right amount of food and that's it. I love that explanation because that's actually one that I've had to use with Micah. Mm. When he sees me, I'm like, yeah, I'm making sure that mom has enough energy for her workouts. Yes. Like that's exactly. how I frame it. Like I want to make sure I'm getting enough protein so I can be big and strong. And now he goes to school and he just flexes on people. I'm like, All yeah, right. I love that. <laughs> put, put the guns away, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He's very, very lucky to have you. Oh, well, old Abe is very lucky to have you as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you so much, Jordan. You both are amazing. Thank you for having me on. I'm really glad we did this. I would, I'll come on anytime. So, so thank you. And I, it's great to see you both. It's really good to see you. And if I can help with anything, please let me know. Okay. Oh, thanks. Sounds Jordan. great. Thanks Jordan. for being thank here. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good Bye. one. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>